Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, Steve Burstick, I'm watching the Tampa Bay Lightning against the Chicago Blackhawks. They're down one to nothing, and then I turned my head. I think I might have coughed, and I turned around, and they had scored three goals in 32 seconds. What the hell happened? Well, if you if if you didn't see the game and you're thinking of catching the replay on Bally Sports or through your ESPN Plus subscription, just skip the first period because there was nothing good. That, well, there was a couple of Vasilevsky saves, and we'll get to him in a second. But the Lightning came out um, – Flat-footed, sleepwalking, mm-hmm. uh, I, however you want to describe it, they were awful in the first period. Um, and I think every Lightning player would tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, they were we, – we've seen a lot of slow starts lately. It's been a big story around this team. And, for instance, Pittsburgh on Thursday night got off to a really slow start. That was about Pittsburgh taking it to the Lightning. I think Brian Engblom described it best. He goes, if if Pittsburgh's skating at a 10 out of 10, the Lightning were about a 6 out of 10. I mean, Pittsburgh just took it and tried to shove it right down the Lightning's throat. Sunday night was more about the Lightning were just awful. Mm-hmm. Chicago wasn't playing that great. It was just the Lightning were uh, passes and skating and decision-making was just... It was it was it's something you don't see the Lightning do very often to play that poorly for a period. Uh, you know, I mean, like I said, I, I thought Thursday night, I thought that was more about Pittsburgh just taking it to them, and then they kind of upped their game throughout the game and they lost, but they played better as you got the second period and such. On Sunday night, they played awful in the first period, and as John Cooper said in the post game, and as you know, we all had a little talk. In between, and I'm sure there was some yelling. I'm sure there was some players challenged, and you know it was kind of wake up. And I'm sure you know. And look, every one of them knew it. It's not like they didn't. But and they came out and played a lot better in the second and third period. And if it wasn't for Andre Vasilevsky, that game was a blowout early, and a blowout in the middle of the game. Uh, he made. John Cooper said, because not often someone gives up three goals in a game, and yet it was one of the most remarkable goalie performances you've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was. Um, a stop on, on Patrick Kane, couldn't believe he didn't score that one. <laughs> uh, there was one on, what, Debrinket, I think it was, that hit the yep. knob of a stick. He, he had the whole net was wide open, or at least three quarters of it. And Vazzy got his the handle of the stick on it somehow. Uh, just incredible saves by Andre Vasilevsky on Sunday night. Vasilevsky had the save on Kane was comical in the sense that I've never seen a player be more sure that it actually was in the back of the net until until somebody he didn't he kind of he skated behind the net and he's waiting to raise it. He actually raised his hands and he's looking for the light. There's no light. There there's there's no goal. 
And he is so dumbfounded that that didn't go in that he's staring at the scoreboard in utter disbelief. Like, oh come on, that's in, right? It, it was this. It was a surreal moment for him. And Patrick Kane, you know, he scored a few goals right in his career. He's tremendous. Four hundred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like he knows when he scores, right? It's not like he has to look up and and uh, check the referee. He was robbed so incredibly bad that. It, it was it was funny just to watch the reaction and 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 that's what Vassy did all night. I mean, he was just he was so on his game. And you're right. Normally, you don't say, "Hey, the guy gave up three. Um, but how many did he save? And how many did he save in the first period to keep them in that? They are so explosive when they want to be. And I'm not. I don't know how good the Blackhawks are. I don't think this is necessarily their year. But Mark Andre Fleury is not a bad goaltender, right? He's won the Vesna a couple of mm-hmm. years ago. And there was a moment in that three-goal flurry, Mark Andre Flurry of goals, that in 32 seconds, I was convinced he was skating off the ice, even <laughs> if nobody was coming in to take him. He slams his stick against the post, and he takes like three steps or three glides towards the bench. And I thought, oh my God, he's leaving the game on his own accord. <laughs> I, it was he didn't know what to do. He was like, I can't. There's nothing I can do. I can't stop this, right? And, 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 of course, Chicago left them hanging out to dry. But I have not seen that kind of an explosion of goals in some time. They absolutely just took it to them at that point. And you're right. It was funny because Brian Inblong, who does the, um, you know, the TV um, color, and he, he said after the first period it was so bad. He goes, well... All I can say is there's probably some paint peeling in that locker room right now with John Cooper. And you know what? Wouldn't you love to hear what he had to say? Because it, it, maybe he didn't say anything. Maybe it was the players, right? Who knows? Well, I was producing the radio broadcast because uh, because of the Canada part of this trip, uh, the TV announcers and the radio announcers are not traveling this trip. Right. Um, just to Canada, And we found Boris Kachuk test positive for COVID uh, mm. Friday night or Saturday. And so he's not on this trip now. Uh, no symptoms or anything, but just, you know, the routine test because you're going to Canada, you have to test. Uh, so the announcers aren't going. So I was in, in the studio with them and, and watching the game. And so normally, you know, you see those interviews at the intermissions and you hear them on the radio. They mm-hmm. happen as soon as they come off the ice. So they walk down the hallway and right there, there's a setup and they pop on headsets or, yeah. or Gabby Shirley's interviewing whoever. And so we had Jeff Halpern in the first intermission. Well, we didn't have them right away because mm. it was everybody in the room. And there <laughs> were some words first, and then Halpern came out about five minutes later to do the interview. Um, and, and that doesn't happen very often. I mean, normally it's, you know. You Somebody know, lays back. You, yeah. The interviews are done. You know, and television gets one and radio, and sometimes, you know, other entities get interviews and such. But they didn't happen right away this time. So you knew it was uh, that paint was peeling. Yeah. No, they they definitely and and like I said, I don't whether it was Cooper or just you know the the guys talking or leading or whatever. And they've had, I mean, I'm sitting here watching. It's like wow, another slow start. Like these guys have really struggled starting games. You know, whether it's a good team, bad team. And you're right. Um, you know they they had it taken to them by the Penguins. There's no doubt about that. And the Penguins are a very very good team. Oh I mean, yeah, and I mean they had Sidney Crosby and and Evgeny Malkin. I mean they were both playing that night, mm-hmm. you know. So they were they were on it, um, and they played about as well as you could play that game. Yeah, and that's that's you know that's the the typical, and I think this happens every every time they play. But that was the absolute typical measuring stick game, right? Like Pittsburgh mm-hmm. was like, 
watch this. We'll we'll show you how good we are. We're gonna we're gonna go up against the world champions, the two time defending world champions, and we're gonna show you we're right there. You know, we can beat these guys, and they did. Um, they played great, and not that the Lightning had their A game because I don't think they did. It was another slow start, but it was more about Pittsburgh all the way. Mm-hmm. And you know, so um, this one. Look, they're better than Chicago, and they're certainly better than they were in the first period. They were fortunate, like you said, that Vasilevsky kind of bailed them out. It was only one nothing, I think, after one, and it certainly could have been more than that. Um, but they got their game together, and they played really good. And you know, was, I mean, you saw guys like uh, Cal Foot score. I mean, it was mm-hmm. his it was first team uh, career multi-point night. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And of course, what do you say about Victor Hedman with with that? That slap shot, right? I mean, no, that was a bomb, hardest shot in the league, and he used it, and he scored twice on the night. So it was a, it was a great, it was a fun game to watch after the first period. If you're a Lightning fan, it was not fun before yes. that, um, but the th- they really turned it on. The three goals in 32 seconds, a franchise record. The previous mm. was 42 seconds back wow. in 2008 against the Islanders. So, I mean, that's incredibly rare, right? I mean, to see that many in that short of a time span is just unbelievably rare no absolutely well i mean you know i mean cory perry gets the you know they turn the chicago turns the puck over after the first goal and cory perry steals it puts yeah. it right back in the back of the net and you know yeah. it takes some some puck luck like that to to have usually to have that happen so right. i remember a couple of years right. ago brayden point scored three goals himself in like a minute 31 wow now a couple of them were power plays and it, it expanded over an intermission so it was like at the end of the second and end of the third period but yeah but that was a natural hat trick by himself in like a minute and a half. But, but for the team to have three goals in thirty-two seconds is pretty rare. That obviously, well, I mean, never happened in Lightning history. They're playing well. I mean, they they had won five. They lost to Pittsburgh. Um, now they've won two in a row. They beat Detroit. They're playing every other day. They've they just started this this ten ten road games in eleven days, uh, or ten out of the next eleven games, not eleven days, but ten yep. out of the next eleven games on the road. So they're off to a good start, uh, and and I think they're either tied or just behind Florida. I think they started the night two points behind Florida. I don't know if they played, but um, uh, they're actually they're a right. point ahead of Florida now. So and Are they, they, now? they played okay. the same number of games. They started a point back with a gotcha. game in hand. So they've got okay. eighty points. Florida's got seventy nine. Both have played fifty five games. So yeah. Carolina's still leading the conference though with eighty three points. Mm. Yeah, they're playing great, and Vasilevsky now has never lost. To Chicago, he's twelve and zero and one, I believe. Twelve zero and zero in thirteen thirteen games. He's played. He came in in relief in one game, but ah, okay. Thirteen or twelve zero and zero in thirteen games against Chicago in his career. Isn't that funny? How and, and I'm not saying that Chicago has been dominant of late, but I mean, isn't it funny how you can have a team's number like that? I think the last uh, time the Lightning lost to Chicago in regulation in the regular season was oh nine. Goodness, if I, if I read that right this morning. That's crazy. Now, obviously, they you know lost games in the Stanley Cup Final in 2015, mm-hmm. which the Blackhawks mm-hmm. beat the Lightning. But yeah, did you see before the game, uh, Tyler Johnson went into the Lightning's uh, room mm-hmm. and he hugged up. He started going around the room and he you know he hugged up Stamkos and Hedman and Braden Point. He goes around the room and then he and then he gets to then he gets to Breezebois. <laughs> And he hugs up Breezebois, and he goes, that was for the cameras. And then he hugs up Cooper. <laughs> it was, I mean, he was joking, but it really wasn't, right? It was kind of funny, though, and the room just cracked up. But uh, that guy, I mean, 
you talk about a lot of players, right? Like Tyler Johnson, man, was a big part of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I, you know, you could say, I, you know, the players that have left the Lightning as part of this core group. You yeah. Know, and they've been able to keep the core together for the most part. Yeah. But either Tyler Johnson or Ben Bishop have been the two biggest to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, and for different reasons. I mean, you know, Ben Bishop, you know, I mean, Ben Bishop you only got rid of because you had Andre Vasilevsky behind him. Yeah, yeah. It exactly. wasn't because you didn't think Ben Bishop was a good player. I mean, you, it's not – and Tyler Johnson was salary cap reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, they would have loved to have kept Tyler Johnson. Um but, you know, I mean, part of that famed triplet line from back in 2015. Absolutely. That took him to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. Um, you know, he's been up and down the lineup with the Lightning, but does it all. But, yeah, absolutely a fan favorite. He was the last Lightning player from last season to get his ring. So, all, of all the players that have left, Barkley Goodrow and Yanni Gord and Luke Shen, Blake Coleman, all of them have already gotten their ring. So, Tyler was the last one of the uh, that, that championship team to get his ring. So. Hmm. Well, you can see the love in the room. I mean, he, you know, he, he's a not just a fan favorite, but he was a teammate favorite, obviously. And oh, and I, th- and I he got think robbed. Ne- yeah, and I think next month when uh, Chicago plays here on uh, April first, I think you're going to see a huge ovation, similar to what Yanni Gord got. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, Yanni obviously was a fan favorite and a big part. Tyler, like you said, goes even deeper, and and uh, I think you're right. I think that ovation will match what Yanni got because. Mm-hmm. Um, all that guy did was play hard and play great and, you know, give it everything he had every, all the time. So, um, he was, he was, uh, he was beloved and, and it'll be fun to see him back at, at Emily, see what kind of ovation he does get. And it's good to see him skating. I mean, he had the same back surgery that Jack Eichel had. Yeah. He's, he's hurt now playing mm-hmm. for Vegas. So Tyler's only been back a couple games. That's um, right. So it's really good to see him skating and playing well. And as you said, he got robbed tonight too. So he did. He did. He had he had some really good shots, and 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 Vassy stopped them. And um, I'm sure it would have meant a lot to him to get a goal. But the Lightning win it, and it was uh, it was a fun game to watch after the first period. If you're a Lightning fan, but overall, off to a good start of the road trip. We'll see what they what they do next. Um, big stretch of road games coming up here. So. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, important part of the season. Of course, one of the reasons they're away is because the SEC basketball tournament uh, is this weekend. It starts, I think, on Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday? Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, that's right. Wednesday runs through Sunday. I think the Gators play. They have a noon game um, this week on Thursday, I believe. I hadn't looked at the schedule yet, but yeah. Yeah, they play play at noon, and and so there'll be a lot of Gator fans there. And, uh, of course, they just lost uh, their final regular season game. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm down to cover that tournament. I think I will. We got some other things going on personally that may change that. But looking forward to doing a little hoops, little little round ball. Where are all the other cliches I can come up with? I guess got to talk the language here. <laughs> um, speaking of basketball, and I want to get to. I want to get to the Bucks here in a, in a story I wrote about Kyle Trask. But uh, so, um, I 
I don't know what the, the phrase would be, but boo ESPN. So all day on Saturday, I, I'm looking at my, I'm checking my local listings, as I say in Reader's Digest, right? Remember that magazine? I'm checking my local listings and, or TV Guide, I guess. I was going to say, Reader's and, Digest and, didn't have the yeah, TV schedule. Yeah, it's the wrong magazine, TV Guide. TV Guide, yes. Very similar, but not really. Um, I'm checking my listings, and it says that it's going to be uh, Duke, North Carolina, North Carolina at Duke, the final game of Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski, at Cameron, last regular season game. I mean, Duke, Carolina, right? What's better than that? So I'm expecting, because there's going to be a bunch of pomp and circumstance, right? You, Every play, like as many players as he's ever coached that could be there, and there was, I think, like 80-something, all his former players were in attendance. They're all wearing these certain kind of like vests, jackets, whatever the hell they were. Um, it's Coach K's. Some of the tickets I heard were going for over $100,000. If you can believe that, a basketball game. Jerry Seinfeld was there, for God's sakes. Adam Silver was there. Um, Kyler Murray was there. Like, what? What? <laughs> so it was a celebrity, you know, celebrity sort of attendance. And, of course, the Cameron, Cameron Crazies were out in full force and all of that. And so I flip on ESPN. It's it's a couple minutes before, let's say six, and the game starts at six or the the ceremonies or whatever. And it's Texas and Kansas, and they're in a barn burner. And of course, it went to overtime, but they weren't going to make it. So even while they're in the fourth quarter, they're like showing signs. Like, there's Mike Shashevsky getting ready to come on. Oh, oh, he's on the court now. Okay, and and now um, the fans are applying. Like you didn't ever get to see. The Mike Shashevsky pregame, like hoopla, like you missed all of it because they were wedded to this Texas Kansas game, which was a good game, but that's not what everybody was tuning in to see. And then finally they switched over to ESPN2 and they bumped some game that didn't mean anything. And you saw at least the tip off of the game. They, ESPN completely whiffed on this. And then, of course, they had a big long postgame celebration. Oh, by the way, Hey, um, memo to the Duke Blue Devils, even though you won the ACC regular season. I get all that. But when you're sending out a coach that's been there for 42 years, okay, and you're playing North Carolina, you damn sure need to win that game, man. I mean, they they were beaten and beaten soundly. You may have just saved North Carolina's season as well. Yes. That may may have have put them in the tournament. Absolutely. And you may have to see them again real soon. And and that was not a good out- outcome. So um, too much pressure on those guys, whatever you want to call it. I thought it was interesting. Um, you know, they had this ceremony set up, and, 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 and Mike Krzyzewski was supposed to speak last, and his family was there, and his grandkids and all that. But he immediately grabbed the mic after the game. You could see how pissed he was that they got beat. I mean, it wasn't even funny. And he grabbed the mic, and he goes, this was not part of the program. I just want to say this was unacceptable tonight. <laughs> what what we just did was unacceptable. The season was not unacceptable, but this game was. And then he and then he said then he sat down and you know let everybody laud him for the next thirty minutes. But um, he was he he coached as hard as he could. And I thought it was funny that people would pay money, a lot of money, to watch a guy coach. Right? When do you ever think of that? Like you know what? Dean Smith's coaching tonight. I'm going to go see him coach. That just never happens. You know he's there. You know it's the last game and all that. But it was uh, it was a uh, a big win 
for North Carolina, to say the least. And um, but Duke is is certainly going to be the highest seed in the ACC, and they won the tournament. And hopefully they calm down. But I would not put it past them to try to go for the sixth national championship. He's already won five, and uh, what a career! But and he had the comment that I would have had that I that I predicted he would have, which was, I can't believe it went so fast. Like it's it, I can't believe it's over. I mean that that had to be the feeling was like wow, this was my last game. Like, I can't believe that, you know, 42 years have gone by. 42 years. And it does go by fast. And, you know, that's that's it for him and uh, and his wife and, and, you know, the Krzyzewski family. And they're going to be around and all of that, but he won't be coaching in Cameron Indoor anymore, which is really interesting. And when he took it over, there were some bumpy times where, you know, he came from Army where he had a losing record and, uh, didn't win right away, and there was a thought that he would get fired, but they signed him to a contract extension, and then the rest, as they say, is history and what history he made. So that was that was fun as well. Uh, okay, so I wanted to talk. We've been doing this series of you know the Bucks and the quarterback situation. I just wanted to to go through here briefly um, a little bit about the story I wrote in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay dot com about Kyle Trask, and you know I think most people sort of look at Trask and they go, well, you know, yeah, took a flyer on him last year, red shirt season, never saw him, um, really any shirt season. They didn't give him a shirt. He never dressed on a game day, 17 regular season games, two postseason games, never got a helmet, right? His whole, it was, you know, you, you're over here on the practice field. You're going to, you're going to get better. And that it's exactly what he did uh, at Manville High in Texas when he backed up Derek King. It's very similar to what he did at the University of Florida when it took an injury to uh, Felipe Franks for him to eventually get the starting job there. And that's what they had in mind when they drafted him in the final pick of the second round a year ago or two years ago now. Um, well, no, a year ago. That's right. It would have been a year ago because he played one season. Uh, they told him, look, you know, just get ready. Uh, soak up everything you can from Tom Brady and Blaine Gabbert and Ryan Griffin. And your time will come. And when it does... We want you to be prepared. We want you to rip it. And, you know, up there at uh, the Indianapolis, uh, the Combine, NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, we talked to Jason Light, we talked to Bruce Arians, and they were all in agreement that, you know what, we're not looking past Kyle Trask. I think there's this assumption that, well, he was a nice little pick at the end of the second round, and he's not ready, and we need to find a big-time quarterback because we got a Super Bowl team. And there's not there's not many big time quarterbacks available. It, it appears more and more likely every day Russell Wilson's going to stay in Seattle. If Aaron Rodgers were to leave Green Bay, it's almost certainly for Denver. And I don't think he's going to leave Green Bay. I think he's going to sign an enormous contract. Pete Carroll shows no interest in trading Russell Wilson. I don't see if that's there. That leaves you with Deshaun Watson and the situation with the 22 civil suits and 10 criminal complaints and all of that. That's awfully messy. So what do you do? Like, literally, what do you do? Let's live in the real world. We've talked about Blaine Gabbert. We talked about how they got to re-sign him. He's a free agent as well, not a guarantee. But, you know, at 32, he's been in the league a long time, been behind Brady for three years. People look at – or two years. People look at his record, and it's horrible. Um, And yet, I think, you know, Gabbert will tell you, or anyone will tell you, he had eight coordinators and eight head coaches, or nine coordinators and eight head coaches in his first eight seasons. That'll destroy anybody. So credit to Blaine Gabbert for hanging in there, 
even as a backup when he could have folded his tent a long time ago. He made plenty of money, all of that. Um, and so, you know, the problem the Bucks have is I, I don't see, you know, Deshaun Watson, sure, they'd love him. Will the, will the ownership sign off of him? I don't know. What, what's the ultimate compensation? They don't pick to the 27th. They want three number ones, a number two, you know, all this stuff. Don't know that they get there. I think they can re-sign Gabbert, and I think they can let him compete with Trask. But I think people underestimate Trask and sort of what he did during his redshirt season because I was there, and he came out before practice every day, half hour, 45 minutes, and, and just worked his craft. You know, worked on throws, worked on movement. He changed his body. He's lost weight. Um, you know, he has a little more quick twitch the way he throws the ball. Uh, he, he's surprisingly athletic at times. Not that running is, is his deal, but if he needs to evade pressure, he can. Um, and, you know, the worst place you can be as an NFL team sometimes is right in the middle, right? Like, we don't have the guy. Like, we, we drafted a guy. We kind of like him, but we don't know if he can do it. And yet, we also don't have a veteran that's so much better that we know he can win the job and, and take us to the Super Bowl. And so, you know, the guys they have are, are like Gabbert, going to be really old, un, still unproven, still unaccomplished, or a guy that probably should play now. Um, at least if you play a younger quarterback and he falls on his face, you know, it's part of the learning process. It's part of him getting better. He can only learn so much on the sideline and or he reveals himself as not a very good player and then you know what you have. But the worst thing you can do is kind of be stuck in the middle, right? Where, hey, I think playing Gabbard is better and he's better right now and therefore we're going to play him and we're going to ride him as long as we can. All the while knowing that when Kyle Trask gets his chance or, you know, whatever, he is a better quarterback and he's going to be a better quarterback. So the evaluation part is very big here. Um, But it's really, you know, I mean, you could really argue that, you know, there's a reason why they drafted Trask. And and, and the other thing is, what's his upside? You know, um, they believe that Trask is better than anybody in this year's draft. That includes Malik Willis from Liberty, Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, Matt Corral from uh, Old Miss, uh, Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. I mean, those are, you know, maybe not sure can't miss type guys, but somebody in that group is going to play and play really well in the NFL for a long time. Somebody's going to be a starter. They think Trask is better. Um, they say, you know, look, we addressed the quarterback situation last year. We drafted Kyle for a reason. He fits everything we want to do at the quarterback position. I like what I saw for a year. I'm not not doubting the the you know drafting him as as an as you know an option of what we did. I think this, Steve. You tell me I'm wrong. Even though his arm isn't as strong, we talked to Matt Baker about this. But even though his arm isn't as strong, although we haven't seen him throw in live action for a while, I think that that his upside is Mac Jones. I mean, Mac Jones went 15th overall. He could have been drafted earlier to New England. That's not that much further than, say, 32nd, right? Um, But both of them win from the pocket. Uh, Jones won the starting job as a rookie over Cam Newton. He he started the year two and four, which isn't good, right? You can envision a Kyle Trask Mm -hmm. starting two and four. But then he won seven games in a row. And they tailed off at the end. They dropped three out of four in the regular season. And then 
and then they lost in the playoffs, and Jones wasn't very good. But he finished with 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Um, I, I think Trask could do that. I really do, with a good team around him. If they can return much of the defense, then we know there's good some point. free agent. You know, Carlson Davis, will they use a tag mm-hmm. on him? Yep. Will they be able to resign him? Mm-hmm. You know, is in Dominican Sue, Jason Pierre Paul. Yeah. You know, if, 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 I mean, that's the one thing Mac Jones benefited from. He had a great and, defense. And he started two and four, but then that defense really got going. Mm-hmm. And he played complimentary football to the defense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if the Bucks can maintain a high level of defense, and, and you like to think they can, but we'll see how free agency and, and, and they've got to make a decision on the tag, and we're going to get to that in a second. Yeah. But if, if they can have a good defense, then I think he's got a shot to do well. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, that Mac Jones comparison might be where his possibly his ceiling is this year. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Now, you still got to go out and perform. You still have to, to go out and prove it. Got to um, win the job. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know what your offensive weapons are for him, too. Is Chris Godwin back? Is Rob Gronkowski back? Um, who's your running backs besides Keyshawn Vaughn? I mean, yeah. if, we've, if we've documented, the offense could look a lot different next year, not just mm-hmm. at the quarterback position, but all the way. I mean, you know, you know, you got Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. But who else are you lining up with him? Who's behind you in the backfield? Who's your tight ends besides Cam Brait? Yep. Assuming Rob Gronkowski retires or goes mm-hmm. elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, th- I think, you know, based on, look, if the Bucks are high on him and, and they truly believe that he's the best quarterback in this year's draft, if he were to be in this year, then you have to kind of trust them and, and see – you know, if there's no better option behind door number two, which, as Bruce Arians has said, we're going to look behind door number two, just like they did two years ago. If there is no better option, then maybe it's time to go with him and see what he's got. I mean, he had the red shirt year. You can you can start with Gabbard if you think he's more prepared and you want to ride that for a while and see, you know, if, if he's able to win. I think the NFC South is wide open. But this much I'm sure of. They're going to give Kyle Trask every chance to win the job. They know what Blaine Gabbard is. They think he's capable. Um, but you do need to find out in what you have in Trask within the next two years. And what better year to do it than, than this year? Because I'm just not sure um, that you're going to be so much better with a guy like you know Gabbard um, or, a, you know, or somebody that Teddy Bridgewater or some other veteran, you know, um, Mitch Trubisky, somebody they would bring in here, and I would really want to know about him. If your if your conviction is that, that you think he's better than every quarterback in this draft, okay, Malik Willis, all those guys, right? If you think he's better, then you know what? After a year of learning your offense, after a year of sitting next to Tom Brady, after a year of changing his body and becoming leaner and less heavy footed, and he's got mobility. Um, I think you can improve arm strength, but certainly throwing it with anticipation helps. If he's all that, then then he should have a pretty good chance of winning the job. That you've done your work, and he's a good quarterback. And I watched him go toe to toe with Mac Jones in the SEC championship game, and he was every bit as good throwing to NFL receivers, you know, like Kyle Pitts and others. And now he's got all NFL receivers, so it'll be. I think people are underestimating him just a bit. And, and you ideally, you'd like to have him have another year to 
kind of sit behind a veteran and all that stuff. But you know what? If he's ready, he's ready. And you got to give him that shot. Uh, and I just, I don't see Russell Wilson walking in here. I don't see Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure about Deshaun Watson and all of that. But Kyle Trask might be a guy that we're talking about the way we talked about Mac Jones three quarters through the the way last season. And he petered off a little bit, but, you know, it wasn't Mac's fault. I mean, Mac, Mac played pretty well. So we'll see what they do. Um, as far as franchise player tags, they're, they're coming out. The deadline is Tuesday at 4 o'clock, so we could hear news today uh, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here's what I think I think, as Peter King would say. I think they don't want to franchise Chris Godwin. Not that they don't love Chris Godwin, not that they want him to go somewhere else. None of that is true. They absolutely do, and I think they have every intention of of signing him to a long-term deal. The problem is if you franchise him for a second time, and of course, had he not been franchised, he would have got his $100 million, and who cares if he blows out his ACL. But if you franchise him a second time, you have to pay him 120% uh, of his salary, which was a top-five salary as a receiver. It's, over, it's north of $19 million, and you cannot amortize it. It, it is $19 million on the cap right now. Um, and so for that reason, you know, um, and others, I don't think – I, I kind of think that they're not going to – franchise Chris Godwin I think they're going to try to work on a long-term deal he's coming off an ACL how many bites of the apple will he get from other teams if he's out there um I think they're going to let him know that we're not franchising you a second time because that would make him happier and feel better and so I I don't think he gets it in a weird way it's I'm not saying it's not possible because it is but I don't think they want that 19 million like boom on a player that may not be ready until let's face it end of September right because he's probably still going to be rehabbing that ACL, even though Bruce Arian said he was about 45% recovered at that point. So who does that leave? That leaves, to me, Carlton Davis would be next. You know, cover corner, long guy, um, can travel with the best receiver on the other team. But the problem with Carlton, and maybe this leads to him being franchised, or maybe it doesn't, but he has missed too many games with injuries. He has come up with you know concussions and different ailments that has kept him off the field too much for an elite corner for a franchise corner he also doesn't catch the ball very well i mean he's he, you know he can lead the league in pass defense but if he could catch he'd have 10 interceptions a year because that's how in position he is for so many balls so i i don't you know i this was told to me by the bucks about a week ago it's like we may not use our franchise tag at all and I was like, really? You got all these players and you're not... You know what? I don't think they're lying about that. I I think there's a number of corners that can be had in this draft. I think there's a number of really good corners in free agency. And I don't know that they're wedded necessarily to uh, to, to Carlton Davis. Um, maybe they are. Maybe they're going to pay him whatever he's worth and and be done with it. But it's going to be really interesting. I wish I had a better prediction. I think it's one of those two or neither. And that's, you know, th- that covers my bases, obviously. But so Way um, to go out on a limb there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I just I made a huge prediction. Either Davis or Godwin or none. So you're, the only thing you predicted is nobody else is getting the franchise tag. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying there is not a Jordan Whitehead about to get the franchise tag. There is not. Um, Aaron Stinney is not getting the franchise tag. I mean, that's that's really where I'm going to stand firmly on that Sequoia. 
and go out in a branch. Like in a franchise, Rob Gronkowski? No. <laughs> Although, yeah, no. I don't even know what the top ten tight end makes, actually. I expect Rob. You know, the Rob Gronkowski thing is interesting because if you're the Bucks, and by the time you hear this podcast, it may have happened. If you're the Bucks, he would do you a huge favor to let you know in at least in a week or so before the start of, of the period, um, free agent signing period on March 14th. It would behoove him to let you know that, you know what, I'm out. Like, I'm not playing either. Or, I'm playing. Count You can count on me. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what he's going to do. I have no clue. I mean, I've heard the reports. He, you know, Buffalo's a special place. Um, he well, almost signed there the last time after the first he won a Super Bowl with Brady. Could it be he's just looking around to see, I mean, who the quarterback in Tampa Bay is? Who's, yeah. You know, Absolutely. what this team's going to look like, what this team, you know, I mean, he can Absolutely. sit back and wait. He doesn't have to sign the first day of free agency. Nope. Nope. Because he, he could absolutely his... retire again, too. He doesn't have to sign anywhere. That's correct. He made He's a ton of money. He's been yeah. retired before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it would be easier the second time around because he's done it once before. And he has mm-hmm. made a ton of money. I, I was told by his dad or somebody in the family that, you know, look, um, Rob does not live on his football money. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> he like, no, no, he makes enough off the field. He has not touched the money he's made in his football career, which is remarkable, but he's a really smart guy and has a lot of business interest. And, you know, God bless him if that's true. But um, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't, I, I really, I would lean still, and I was told this by somebody who thinks they know Rob, but I would lean still pretty heavily towards retirement. I don't know that he's going to play without Tom Brady. And for that matter, he did it once. You know, he can retire again without much fuss. But um, it's one to watch for sure. So I wish we could talk some baseball before we got out of here. But, well, frankly, there's no deal. So nothing's happening there. And we'll update you as uh, events warrant. But right now, swing better, better in a miss. We got nothing for you there. The Tampa Bay Bucks uh, will make a decision on their franchise player. Of course, that deadline is Tuesday at 4 o'clock, so check out TampaBay.com and the Tampa Bay Times for any updates on that. And I'm sure we'll have our popular mailbag segment later this week. The SEC Basketball Tournament, men's basketball, is in town at Emily Arena. I believe that tournament starts on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. So That is correct. Uh, lot, lots going on. Florida lost their last game, but I think they were a seven seed, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere in there. Eight or nine. They're in the eight-nine game. Eight or nine, I is that I which it? seed they are. But. I know they play Thursday at noon. Correct. How do I know that? Because I'm actually going to cover the tournament, and I believe – I have the uh, late session. I was like, wait a minute. I wanted the after. Oh, oh it's Florida. <laughs> so John Romano and Matt Baker will be bringing you that one, but not me. Uh, I'll, I'll cherry pick the rest of the games and try to figure out what I want to write. So in other words, you're saying yeah. we're taping late Wednesday? Uh, well, yeah, now we are. You're right. I didn't even think about that unless we come up with a mailbag or something early <laughs> on. But yeah, if we're doing it to go live, it'll be late because I got the night session. I might be taping late Tuesday and Thursday too, because I got lightning both nights. So. Yeah, well, it's going to be late night with, uh, St. With, yeah, with sports day, Tampa Bay. So it is what it is, but we're happy to bring it to you. We're glad you listen. We're here every Monday through Friday and, uh, we'll talk sports and talk Tampa Bay sports as we always do. So, for Steve Ersnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.